Welcome to Movies from Memory, a new segment from Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Today we're going to try to recount the entire film of Interstellar from memory. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Today, like James said, we're going to try to recount the entire plot of Interstellar from memory. Now, James, when was the last time you saw this film? I think the last time I saw it from start to finish was probably, I want to say like 2021, maybe. Like, I think when we did an episode on it, it was the last time I actually sat down and watched it watched it in its entirety i would say probably two years at least maybe another time in between there maybe 2021 later in the year i watched it before i've seen the move i've seen it maybe eight times something something like 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 that that. yeah but i haven't watched it in a while just because you know every year there's so many great releases out the last couple of years and then i'm getting into tv a lot so i haven't watched interstellar in a long ass time well we used to rewatch the hell out of movies before yeah. we had the podcast but now we have so many movies to watch for the show That's that true. like yeah. my rewatching of the same 20 movies every year has just like disappeared <laughs> <laughs> and also you would put like batman begins on the background while you worked exactly yeah. like I, my first uh <laughs> i first wanted to do batman begins for this memories movies from memories but then i'm like it's pretty non-linear for the first hour let's test mm. this off with a more linear story story from Chris Nolan even though there are a couple like flashbacks like the opening has a little quick uh, flashback but this entire movie is linear even though he's traveling through gravity I'm sending messages through gravity back in time Interstellar Coop's entire story is linear it's a common misconception that it's non-linear yeah it's a rarity for his films and it's definitely not the most watched well, it's not a rarity it's half his movies, half his movies. <laughs> it's definitely not the most watched movie of his for me I've seen I think Batman Begins Inception Dark Knight, for sure, more times than Interstellar, but it's still like up there in the media. In Prestige, I've probably seen The Prestige more times than Interstellar, too. I've probably seen The Prestige just as many times as Interstellar, but I love The Prestige. Mm. That's like uh, oh, yeah. one of my... That would be a tough one to yeah, do that, memory. That one would be tough because it's so long and the whole thing is nonlinear. Oh, my God. Memento would be a little easier because it's it's, it's shorter. It's like right around two hours, but Prestige, yeah. I feel like, is what, like 220, two and a half? Something like that. But, um, but I'm, Plus, but we have yeah. the... I don't want to spoil the Prestige, but we have... Lots of lookalikes in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we also, I using the honor system, I have not looked up the plot of Interstellar. I haven't watched any recaps. I did not watch, like, the trailer. Um, so I'm completely, like, going to try and be figuring this out along with you. We're going to be ju- just seeing how we do. Yes, I have a notepad here. <laughs> and also, I have the Interstellar script that a friend gave me several years ago. Uh, thanks, Natalie. But I haven't read it. I've never actually read it, but it's just cool to Didn't have. Know you could read. <laughs> <laughs> but in case we get really lost or just like really stuck, I have this just to flip through it real quick to see <laughs> see something because I don't know how this is going to go. I'm expecting it to be pretty funny. <laughs> it might be a disaster. <laughs> because, yeah, we probably haven't seen this in a year and a half, and mm. <laughs> we're probably going to be wrong a bunch. We'll see. Yeah, so don't get frustrated. I'm sure someone's going to be screaming at, at their car radio at some point. It's like someone on YouTube commented on a video that how could we take you seriously if you got something wrong? Well, the thing is, well, that was different because I corrected you on the episode. Immediately. Yeah, I immediately correct you. Then the person's like, how can we respect their opinion if they made a mistake? I'm like, have you never made a mistake before? And I corrected him. It's not like it's like we're pushing up misinformation. <laughs> Fucking Snopes is going to come after us, I guess. Here comes Snopes. <laughs> okay. Want to do this? All right. <laughs> so, so the film opens. Well, the film opens. <laughs> Well, it came out in 2014. <laughs> Interstellar, it opens Sin Copy. Yes. And this is Warner Brothers, obviously. 
And then, so we have... This is, the, feel, this is the first time... Well, Nolan has done a title credit a couple of times. Not opening credits, but like one image with the title. He did it in The Prestige with the hats. Yes. He did it in Memento, which was actually an opening title credits with the reversing of the, of the Polaroid uh, photograph developing. And then in this film, it's another instance where he did just like this nice tracking of the bookshelf with dust falling. And then it goes to that spaceship, the toy spaceship with Interstellar, the title above it. And the difference here, though, is we don't see that image later in the film. Whereas the Prestige, exactly. we see the hats later on in the film because that's kind of a – he's telling – like we always say, he tells you the rules of yeah. his films in the first couple of minutes. He's telling you like this – he's giving you a sneak of what's happening. The gravity, the dust is so important in space. And, and the bookshelf. Exactly. Yeah. So everything, all the major parts of the movie are kind of in this opening shot. Like that's something I clearly <laughs> know is the opening of this film. And with the title of Interstellar, yeah. which is which is really cool He's never see. done that before where it was like a shot that's n not seen in the movie again. Yeah, and then Memento, obviously that's later on in the film. But the timeline, it's right there correctly. Yeah, it's the opening and the ending, essentially. All right, so we got that. We got the opening shot. Let's go. Hopefully, that's the opening <laughs> shot. <laughs> and then, so I feel like, so it opens up. I know that the crash, when he's dreaming of the crash and wakes up, is almost next. But I feel like we're flashback. Not, well, I wouldn't technically call it a flashback. It's present. It, well, I mean, this is when he opens up with the documentary style, style like yes. interviews of we don't know it's Coop. We don't know it's Coop, old old Coop, old mm. lady Coop. Oh, yeah, yeah. She says, Murph. Yeah, Murph. I mean, sorry, Murph. <laughs> old lady Coop, you're already, old lady already Murph. fucked up. Our old lady, old lady Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> played by Ellen Bernstein. <laughs> old lady Murph. My father was a farmer. <laughs> but I remember the first time we saw us at theater, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, He's doing I, like a documentary movie. Yeah, Talking Heads documentary. And so <laughs> we have a quick interview of, of Murph and then and a bunch like of other people sh in the shot yeah, like, they're talking about the dust bowls and how they the used Midwest. to flip their bowls upside down yes, yeah um, and it's actually this is actually based on the real dust bowl that the, the Midwest dealt with in the 1930s I believe where it was really this bad Murph is the only character of the movie the mm -hmm. other people are real people that were alive during the dust bowl and Nolan actually used them for interviews which is really cool and I believe it's footage from a real interview from who's that? Who's that guy that you visited? The documentarian who's got like Emmy awards or oh, something. What is his name? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. I think that guy might have been the director who made that documentary. That sounds, sounds like a weird sentence. <laughs> the old man hey, whose house Andy. you visited. Hey, hey, Jim, remember that old documentary filmmaker you visited? <laughs> I got invited through my school to go meet him. He's an Emmy and Oscar winner. Yeah, um, he's, he's won like a bunch of Emmys. That yeah. was like I was like 20. I think that he might have been the director of the Dust Bowl documentary, and then Nolan pulled footage and then made new footage to mix it in together i believe i don't know man it looked like fucking imax footage to me <coughs> true or it looked true. like nolan film filming or maybe he lifted it and then reshot it or maybe he just yeah, yeah something mm -hmm. we don't have the phones on us anyway so look it up <laughs> no cheating allowed we can't look it up all right this is gonna be a long a long episode all right let's move on let's <laughs> we're already 30 let's, seconds in let's get going we're at 30 seconds in the movie we're already There's arguing. crash we got the crash <laughs> okay no yeah so not technically a crash it's, it's the dream also i feel like the cornfield shots in there but then we do a slow push in of the farmhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the corn. And then we have Coop in the ship, in the cockpit of a, of a ship that's going down. He's on the radio. Ah! <laughs> I don't think he screams. <laughs> and then he wakes up in his room. Murph comes and asks if he's 
dreaming of the crash. Are you dreaming of the crash again? And she <laughs> she says something about grandpa, and she he's like, get the fuck to bed. <laughs> and then the glorious shot of Koopa goes over to the window. He looks out at the cornfield, and we have the organ. Uh, organ, yeah. Yeah. Opening of Interstellar. And Hoy Van Hoyama, his first time working with Nolan, and you can already tell it's special. Very minimal lighting, just... They're not trying to fill in the room. It's you can't even see most of it, but they they don't care. They want it to feel like a real environment, and just looks terrific. And obviously, as you all know, they really poured planted that corn yeah. and sold it for a profit. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan <laughs> planted five hundred acres of corn and sold it for a profit afterwards. <laughs> but they weren't sure about it growing because they grew it up near the mountains, and that's what's different about this farm. When you look at it, there are mountains in the background, and farms. And this kind of agriculture doesn't usually grow near mountains because the soil is not that rich. <laughs> it worked out. Sorry, I'm just like I'm stalling. Well, anyways, so engage it. Corn can't grow next to mountains, so they were unsure of what was going to happen. We're recounting the movie, <laughs> but I'm describing why there are mountains because humanity has become so desperate. They're trying to their farmlands. Farms are being set up where they generally wouldn't be set up. Is yeah. what I'm getting. Everyone's at. a farmer now. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> we get some farming scenes, right? No, 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 no. So <laughs> breakfast. So, so yeah. So dust. The dust. In well, the <laughs> let me fucking talk. <laughs> Holy shit! Dust, dust. What, was it an auction? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Then we have the breakfast downstairs. I'm pretty sure where he goes down there. Timothy Chalamet is making fun of Murph, <laughs> <laughs> and she broke the shuttle, and because. She she blames it on the ghost. The ghost in her bedroom. Coop's like, there's no such thing as ghosts. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy's making fun of her. He's being such a dick. Such a bad boy. Um, <laughs> is that why you like him? <laughs> I like Timmy for a lot of reasons. And then also, oh. Um, John Voight's the, the, is Coop's Lithgow. father. Lithgow. Uh, Lithgow, I'm sorry. Lithgow. John, John Lithgow. Lithgow's the grandfather. Yeah. And he reminds Coop of parent-teacher conferences. <gasps> Correct. And then so, they go to the parent-teacher conference. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They get, the in the, cornfield chase they get next? in the truck. Yeah. And then they see the yeah. drone in the air. Mm -hmm. Coop tracks it dun, down. Dun, goes dun, cornfield dun, chase. Dun, 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 dun. Anthony Butcher's <laughs> music when he ever tries to do it. <laughs> I'm telling that, bro. Get, get over it. Then we get the terrific, the terrific sequence of driving through the corn. Just destroying their own crops. <laughs> no, it's not their field. It's their cornfield, right? Who knows what field is it? Who knows how long they've been driving for? It could be anyone's. It could be anyone's. <laughs> now, they go through the field. No, wait, oh, first, flat tire, Murph. Flat tire. Before that. Okay, so before that's backtrack. <coughs> they get a flat. Yes. And Timmy blames it on Murph. Murphy's Law. You did this because of you. And then Coop has that she's tongue. named after Murphy's Law. Let me get to it. <laughs> Jesus. Coop takes Murph aside, says, like, she's like, why did you name me Murph if, if it's just something bad? He's like, it doesn't mean that anything can go wrong, will go wrong. It means that anything can happen, basically. That's why they named him Mur her Murph. And then they fix the tire. And then, Well, actually, they go on the flat because Timmy goes, what about the tire? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not even fixed yet. Yes. But so he, the, get, they get so, he's, he loves science. He so loves once science. he saw a drone, he's like, I gotta get that thing. Well, it's not just for science because he's going to get the fuel cells from Cyrus. Sure. So they track down the, they go oh, through also, the Oh, I'm field. sorry. Do we know that the machines aren't working yet? No, not yet. No, I don't think so. Not yet. Not the anomaly. Not yet. So they go through the cornfield. Awesome sequence. They stop right before the edge of the cliff. They use the laptop to bring the drone drone down because Coop hacks it. Murph lands it. 
And then, yeah, they get the fuel cells and he puts in the trunk base on the on the bed of the truck. Yeah. And we, we learned that it's a drone that's just been waywardly flying around uh, for a long time. Yeah. It and doesn't, I, it's yeah. no, it no longer had a purpose. So now Cooper is giving it a new purpose. Well, we're going to give us some fuel cells for uh, <laughs> tr con a tractor on, on their farm, whatever mm. he says. Something like that. But Murph's like, but sh can't we just let it go? It's not hurting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hurt you if you keep <laughs> mouthing off to me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> so then after this, you guys, then they drive to the school and then. Cooper has the meeting with, it looks like, it seems to be the principal and one of the teachers talking about how his son um, is, is a dummy. He's not <laughs> he's a dummy. He's not going to be able to get into college. Yes. And then his daughter um, is having trouble in school. I pay my behavior, taxes. Behavior-wise. But then we also learn that the culture of the world has changed in terms of we're no longer pursuing science. We're no longer pursuing exploration or discovery as a way of helping us or advancing our species. And we've just basically become stagnant and are focused on just producing food. And that's it to, to maintain survival for people. Yeah. And we got a lot of exposition of the world where we can assume as the principal says things like we ran out of food, not computers or TV screens. We, the world needs farmers. David Oyelowo. Yellow. <clears throat> yeah. Early role. And, um, so basically, that's what Coop's son is going to be. He's going to become a farmer just like Coop. We also learned some background on Coop, how he has engineering skills. And they're like, what is that, uh, like a, a, a fighter fighter jet? He's like, no, that's a, an aerial drone for something, something, something. Something cool. <laughs> like also, you had the McConaughey drawl. I got to get it in there. And then we learned more about Coop, who is precocious, but she brought in that Murph. old – I mean, Murph, sorry. <laughs> We learn more about Moof, Murph. Little Goop, is, <laughs> little Goop is so precocious. We learn more about Murph, who's precocious and also a disruptor in class because she brought in that old science textbook, who her teacher thinks is ridiculous because now they're feeding the world that it's that it's uh it was a it's propaganda fake, campaign, faked moon yeah. landing that yeah. science and going to space was all a lie to you defeat don't think the, he went to the moons <laughs> to outdo the Soviets to lead them into financial ruin. Yeah, so we've learned that. The society of America and probably the rest of the world is really just mainly focused on producing agriculture and, and getting people to become farmers to just grow as much food as they can. And also, most uh, most of the older crops are no longer growing anymore. Okra is a really common uh, product that's being grown now. Something else I can't Okra's remember. Okra is going to Okra, die next. We learned yeah. later on. And then what else? What's like the number one? It's corn. Corn? Yeah. Corn's, yeah, corn and okra yeah. and lentils. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know about lentils. Also... They're saying, like, they're like, what are you going to do about Coop? I mean, Murph. And then Coop's like, well, she, there's this team coming to town that she really likes and a baseball game. So I think I'm going to take her to that. <laughs> then he it's goes great. into the trucks yeah. and she's like, what happened? She's like, I, he's like, I got you suspended. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And then the baseball game, it's the Yankees. Yes, the, it's the, the New actual Yankees. New York Yankees. But baseball has become such an unimportant thing now that even the professional baseball team, they're just playing to like local um, towns. Yes. Yeah, so now the next sequence is it the anomaly? I think it's the anomaly, the anomaly at the, in the farm. House. Yeah. At the farm with the tractors, where yes. Lithgow's character. The grandfather is like, you gotta get back here. There's something going on with the tractors. So all of the machines and tractors are, they've all just like driven themselves towards the property and they all stopped. And they don't know what the anomaly is. We know that the anomaly was gravity and the message being sent through time there. That's why they're all heading there. But they don't know that yet. And then, so I think that's the next scene. I believe so. And, and then, then we have the, the dust scene. No, so the baseball game. Oh, baseball game. Baseball, baseball game, game, Yankees. And then the dust storm comes the dust over. Bowl, yeah, which is, it's really great. And the entire town is, it's, it's also... 
like whenever I watch actors wearing masks in, in movies, I always get PTSD about yeah, 2020. <laughs> it's so funny because they're wearing a couple of them are wearing like those N95 um, masks, I think. But then we have N95. N95. What did I say? M. I said N. N. I just N. said yeah. I just said it. I think I saw the whole pan pan problem. Pam. <laughs> Is it pan with an N? It's two M's. It's a silent. N. <laughs> but uh, it's really terrific filmmaking. They actually used real practical dust. It wasn't dirt dust, but I think it was like a kind of plastic silicone dust. And they really did blow it all over the streets of this town. So none of that CGI. The only CGI shot is the dust cloud approaching the baseball stadium because it was just way too big for them to create or control. But everything that you see that of them driving through the town, um, the car getting covered, it was all practically done. And I like the baseball scene because we get Lithgow being grumpy grandpa, but Lithgow represents us. We're the millennials. And so oh, my God. We're that generation. So <laughs> we were, right. he's like, oh, oh, back in my day, we had real ball players. We had uh, TikTok. I don't know who. Yeah, I don't know what team this is. <laughs> Because it's like the New York Yankees, but it's like anyone could probably sign up to be on the team. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it showcases that the world is uninterested in things like entertainment. Those like that part of society is just gone. Entertainment, like in sports and probably television and movies, are not important either. It Same looks like it's, start, it's starting to come back. Maybe. maybe, maybe making a comeback. Now we have the dust scene. They get to the house. They get inside, and we have. Coop saying, everyone close your windows. Then Murph, of course, forgot her window. And then she goes up and, and Coop chases after her. And she finds, and they both find, the gravitational image, um, basically pathways. It's a pattern. In the dust, yeah. giving some sort of coordinates or pattern. They find out, he finds, finds out it's binary coordinates for a location. But then, but before that, Coop obviously is like praying to it is what Lithgow says to him. But they discover this interesting gravitational pattern in the in the dust in the air. Yeah, because the quarter falls right down into it really quickly, so it's magnetized. It's gravity. It's gravity. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not magnetized. It's, it's gravity. not binary. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not, um, what's it called? Um, not, what's Morse? The, yeah, it's not, it's not Morse. Morse. It's yeah, binary. They think it's Morse at first, um, but it is binary. And also, it's, at some point, Murph's d notebook says something that she's trying to figure out in Morse code. With the bookshelves, because the books push off her shelves on their own. They've always done that, and no one really believes her. That's why she thinks there's a ghost and that the house is kind of haunted, because books will just come flying off the shelf. And so she's been marking that for probably months now, and she thinks that it's definitely Morse code. I think that's something we forgot that comes yeah, in. Yeah, that like happens earlier. earlier in the film. Yeah. Now, what's happening next? So then, So after this... He's going to he gets he he translates the cor it the code into coordinates and he's gonna and then he sets off to drive there to check it out. Tells Murph go back inside. You can't come with me. And then um he goes back into the truck and then he's driving on the freeway towards this coordinated location. And then he discovers Murph was hiding under his clothes in the front seat. So sits and down there they're tagging along on this little adventure. I think we're missing a scene that happens a little early on with Coop and I can't forget, remember Lithgow's character his name so they're on the front porch yes having yeah. a beer talking, talking about it's the theme of the movie talking yeah. about how you know coops like we've lost our urge to explore what what made humanity great went since when to be become so concerned with our spot in the dirt versus looking up to the skies and so that's a scene i think that happens earlier on i could i think i could be you're wrong, right but I, but I feel like it's placed earlier you're 100 percent right you couldn't you couldn't be more right <laughs> be more right all right so coop and <laughs> it was after it was after the school meeting after school. Yeah, you're right. So Coop and Murph uh, in the truck going to the location. They stop at this fence, and he gets out of the, car, out of the truck, 
and that's when they get taken over by something some, we don't some see. mysterious figure. But it's scary because she screams when she sees it. Although <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Why see... does it sound like Harry in, in Azkaban? Harry's mom, the Dementor. <laughs> Who was screaming? Nobody you was. Fainted. Sc- you actually fainted. No one was screaming, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> You're such a weirdo, Harry. <laughs> All right. We so, eventually learn right. that this is Tars, who the next scene is McConaughey Coop being interrogated by this robot, a former mar- a former marine uh, robot. These yeah. are the kinds of robots they would put out in the field. And then Anne Hathaway's character, Dr. Brandt, shows Brand. up. Brand. There's no T at the end? Brandt? <laughs> Brand. <laughs> I think it's Brandt. Brand. B-R-A-N-D-T? Why is there t- Hold on. Double check that. Hold on. Double There's check no that. fucking T in Brand. 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 Get out of this guy. Silent T's out of here. Dr. Brand. Brand. No T? No T. All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> Hold on, let's go his character. I think I can get his name here. Okay, we're gonna cheat for a sec because he... I'm just looking at a character name. Yeah, it's not cheating. Yeah. Donald. 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 I was way <laughs> off. <laughs> and so Coop thinks that this is some sort of secret society that's gonna kill them. They they stumble upon something. He's like, I need assurances that you know we're gonna get out of here. Basically, I want to see my daughter. And Brandon assures him that she's safe. And then she takes Coop into a conference room with Murph as well. And he's like, I don't know. I we we need assurances that we're gonna get out of here alive. I don't mm-hmm. want anything to happen to my daughter. Yeah, and because I'm sure he knows that like shady government forces like that will probably kill someone if they have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're like laughing, like Coop, don't you know who we are? And he recognizes Doctor Brand, played by Michael Caine, and they're like, We're NASA. You're NASA. NASA is now like this small, tiny organization, kind of working uh, secretively in a way. The public doesn't even know they're they're still a, a thing, and they have the secret mission. They reveal to Coop that they are planning to carry out this huge expedition to explore a new place for humanity to survive. Well, they've already done it. They've yo, they found so they found a bunch of planets, and they sent off solo missions of a bunch of astronauts, the bravest men and women, uh, the that, best of us, the best of us, Doctor Man. Dr. We Man. don't see a photo. We, of. See a fo- we don't see the photo of yet, but uh, it'll end up being obviously Matt Damon's character. What are the, what's the mission called again? Oper- Operation it- Fuck Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a Greek name, uh, something like that. It's um, yeah, something like that. I'm gonna Google that because I'm curious. <laughs> Operation Fuck Yourself. I don't think is the right and one. But the the, the, like the Pegasus. Goal, or? The goal. I don't think Pegasus. Um, but the goal is that they found a bunch of planets that could possibly sustain life, and so each of these astronauts went on a solo expedition to each of these planets on their own to see if they could work. And the goal was there's no way to get back because the journey was too far. But what they can do is if they get to a planet and it does seem like it can sustain life, they would send back a signal to NASA saying, this is the spot. This can work. And if they landed on a planet that could not sustain life, they were basically fucked and they, they were just going to die. I couldn't find the name, but I think it's Lazarus. It might be Lazarus. I think it's Lazarus. It might be something like that. Um, sounds kind of right. That sounds kind of right. Yeah. Now, also, they're curious how the hell Coop and Murph stumbled upon NASA, the best kept secret in the United States for the community and for the government. How did they find them? And then Murph explains that it was gravity. And then they kind of explain how they were sent coordinates at their location. And, you know, this gives these people at NASA a lot of hope because they know that for some reason they were sent the coordinates by whoever put this wormhole yeah. in our in their solar system. For some reason, there's a wormhole in our solar system, and wormholes 
are not naturally occurring phenomenon. Someone placed it there, and that's where they're sending these astronauts into the, for the Lazarus missions. I think it definitely is Lazarus. I think you might be right. Are they already calling it a fifth dimensional fifth dimensional beings as a as a theory they don't know point. anything yet they just call whoever put whoever, it they just call it these people yeah, or yeah. whoever did undefined it. yes yeah undefined they're okay. not at that point yet of interdimensional beings and then dr brand shows coop the labs in their their base of operations and shows that you know there's really no way to sustain life much longer on earth and next even next okra is dying and then corn is going to stop growing so there really is no way to keep feeding the people of earth so their plan is to find a new home. And he says your children will be the first generation of people that suffocate. Yeah, exactly. And so, and the base is also a ship that they've been building. To... Do you notice anything about the building? That's <laughs> <laughs> a ship. It's a space station. <laughs> and so the the plan is given, is, is told to Coop that there's two objectives. One objective is to find a new planet to sustain life for humanity. And then the next, the uh, the backup plan B is they have like millions of what is it like, like eggs or something? No, no, no. So, so well, plan well, plan A is to yes, find the planet, but yeah. also solve the problem of gravity. Exactly. Doctor okay. Brand's gonna solve the problem of gravity. Uh -huh. That's plan A, and save Earth. And send the people of Earth by solving gravity to this new location and to colonize another planet with the survivors of Earth. But then plan B is the uh, colonization of and growth of the embryos, embryos. that they have stored. Yes. It, okay, so then that— The big yeah. freezer full of pre-made babies. Yeah, in— yeah, that's it. I couldn't. I couldn't think of the word. Embryos are, are not eggs. <laughs> Embryos. <laughs> so those are the two plans. Although ultimately, we will learn that the plan A was always bullshit. That's why plan A is a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael Kine. Michael Kine. So, but plan A again to solve the 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 formula of gravity. Yes. The, the problem. The with secret gravity. of gravity. Yeah. And then he's, he promises Coop that if you take this mission, they want Coop to do it because something sent Coop here. He's also one of the only people on the planet in the United States that's trained You're to do this. You're the best pilot we ever had. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mission you were meant to do, basically. And they, I think they believe in something happened. The people who put the wormhole here sent Coop to them. And then Coop has motivations. He has a motivation to save humanity, to save his children. But then also, we learned in the first act of the film that he was never able to really... Um, do what he was great at and being a pilot and and being an explorer and and, and just a, a involved in discovery and that's something that he never got to do what's donald says you were born either you're born two twenty years too late or 20 years too early yeah you were good at something you never got to do anything with it exactly so there's kind of like in a way there's like a chip on his shoulder of wanting to do what he said what he was he feels like he was born to do and we always desire to do so that's the other motivation for him going on the mission and what i really like about this film also is it's like no bs no like training montage or anything we just get right to the abruption yes yeah. but also he goes home and we have the really important scene with him and murph after he accepts the mission where she's in her bedroom this is him saying goodbye to his family and murph does not want him to go we have the whole scene of stay which is really yeah. emotional we have the bookshelf the books fall down in the same pattern again and she's like look it says stay i figured it out it says stay so you have to stay and he gives her the watch and he says oh, so i'm sorry before he even arrived she already solved that code yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but this is all like kind of that, that yeah, same yeah, scene yeah. and he gives her the watch and he says what he think will be a, a reassuring thing something fun like who knows we might even be the same age when i get back and then she realizes you don't know when you're coming home you may never ever come home 
But unfortunately for him, he keeps that watch because I gave it to her. And so <laughs> this is really emotional. And, you know, the bookshelves and then leaving and her crying. This it's is so, so sad. It's such oh an intense scene and it gets me every time. And um, what's her name? Uh, the actress's name, uh, Mackenzie Foy, I think, is her name? She really yep. just crushed that scene. She broke my heart. Oh, my God. She's really terrific. And then Coop has to leave Murph and is basically like, please don't be mad at me. Don't be mad yeah. at me. I have to go. And, and, then he, she did, and then he says goodbye to his son. And to Donald. Yeah. Gives him a hug. It's like, it's your truck now. Yeah. And then he drives, then he drives away. And this is all with Hans Zimmer's incredible music <laughs> from Stay, that incredible track, as well as the countdown for the rocket ship as it erupts and goes off. And that great shot from... But the back of the engine, the whatever those thrusters are called, and then take off into space. Yeah. No BS, no training. Let's go. And again, not not just no training, but no. There's no like system analyst. There's no NASA team. We're not seeing like a back and forth of everyone watching it. It's just launch a couple of edits of really incredible filmmaking and practical cinematography of uh, depicting the the launch, and then eventually in leaving the orbit, leaving the atmosphere. Um, getting rid of its excess baggage, and then we're just like in the space in the spaceship. No, like we don't need all that other stuff. We don't need to see what it's like at NASA during the launch. We don't need to see that everybody clapping like we did it. We did it. We did it! <laughs> <laughs> Not important. Nolan knew like just just get to space as quickly as possible. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and then we meet the rest of the crew. Wes Bentley plays Doyle, who we met earlier in the astro in the NASA boardroom, as well as. Uh, what's his name? Um, and Anne Hathaway's brand Anne is Hathaway's on the ship. Brand. Yeah. And then the other character who plays the other one, so Romley. Romley. Played by David Giassi, who is also inside the conference room for NASA. So mm -hmm. this is the four-person crew with Brand, Coop, uh, Remley, I mean Romley, Romley. and Doyle. Yeah. And then the four crew, and then we see a successful orbit and uh, leaving of Earth's atmosphere in orbit, mm -hmm. and then the gravitational spin happening on the ship to maintain gravity for them and create a, a G-force so that they can experience natural gravity, as well as Romley needing some some, some food or dr dramamine, dramamine. He's panicking about how just between this... this... No, that's no, later. Oh, okay. No, this is where he's feeling faint, and uh -huh. he's like, yeah, I'll get some more dramamine, and, and Bran... Bring a lot because he's getting, you know, motion sickness probably sure, yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. Is, that's, like, is. that's in a little bit. Yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. And so they're on. And the... also we, we learned that the mission is they're going for the wormhole. They're going yes. towards their wormhole. That's they're, that's their, their direction. They're going to follow the Lazarus missions and find whoever. So all the astronauts were sent to through the wormhole mm -hmm. to all these different planets. And they are supposed to let up a signal of whether like a thumbs up, come here or thumbs down, don't come here. Thumbs up, meaning that human life can be sustained and happen on that planet. And so they have a couple hopefuls. They have Dr. Mann. He's sending a positive signal as well as Dr. I mean, Dr. Miller is sending a positive signal. Yeah. And no, no. Yeah. yeah Miller's, Miller's planet. planet. Yeah. And then uh, a questionable signal from another doctor, another planet, which is eventually the water planet. So their their objective is to go through the wormhole and make contact with whoever is sending a thumbs-up signal. And unfortunately, they don't... Uh, the astronauts, their plan, each one of them on their planets, is if they can sustain life there, they're supposed to complete do research for the years it takes for a rescue team to come see them so they can have analyses of that planet that they're on. And so the astronauts expect that if we go to Miller's planet, if we go to man's planet, they'll have all this information we need to know the viability of the planet. All right. So now 
we're getting into the point where before the long sleep before the long sleep yeah. we have again the that's i think the millimeters yes where... that's, so yeah so romley is like he's like getting claustrophobic and he's dying and like panicking inside because he's thinking that there's only a few millimeters of metal between him and aluminum. the aluminum aluminum between him and the vacuum of space and then nothingness yeah and the coop gives him the headset the headphones oh yeah what we, is it? Is it nature sounds? Yeah, it's like yeah, nature sounds. Chirping yeah. and, and birds and rain birds, and stuff. Yeah. And then we have- It's some... Hans Zimmer's score. <laughs> <laughs> Here, listen to this, bro. Listen to the, Hans Zimmer just made a lit track. You gotta listen to this. <laughs> um, Coop also has the conversations with Brand where they're like, let's not have complete honesty or trans- I mean, like, let's- Bias. Bi- not bi- bias, but also honesty. Yes. So let's let's have it at like 90%. Like, cause he's talking to, because he's asking her about how they're not allowed to have relationships or he, he, like the mission was chosen for people who have no families except yes. for Coop, I feel like. Yeah, no ties. No ties and, and no connections, no emotional connections. And same connections. thing with the previous uh, astronauts. And they t- he talks to Tars and we have some fun banter of Tars where he learns about like the honesty setting, like why not 100%, 90% is the best for an objective and a mission going forward, 90% honesty, and then the humor setting jokes. And that's where the conversation with Brand, mm-hmm. where Coop's like, we're going to spend a lot of time together. We should probably learn to talk. And then Bren's like, and also when not to. And then she goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and the other two are already asleep by then. Yeah. And Coop just stays up to basically watch the planet. And I, I, that's one of my favorite shots is the Earth spinning. Yeah, it's great. The it's little, great. little blue ball. And then and then Coop does go under as well. Because... And then Tars will run the ship until they reach the wormhole. It'd take a long time to get to the end of the solar system. Or it's at Saturn, right? The wormhole's around Saturn. Outside of the rings of Saturn. And it would take a long time to get there, so they're going to sleep. Even if we're in the distant future where space travel is faster, right now yeah. it's like somewhere around 30,000 miles per hour is how fast spaceships can go, but still that would take years to... It would take years just to get to Mars, let I, alone yeah. Saturn. I think this journey, I think it's two years... It's something like they that. said, something like that. And so then they get woken up and basically they're approaching the wormhole. They're getting ready. And Romley asks to stop the spinning so that they can see the the black hole. I mean, the wormhole that they're approaching. Also, they get video footage from their families after they woke up. All the video messages mm-hmm. that are of them still young, still the same age. This is before Casey Affleck takes over the role yeah. of his son. Mm-hmm. And, and Murph doesn't want to come to the Murph, camera. Yeah, Murph doesn't re- want to record. And then I think, like, Brand gets uh, something from her father and just, like, turns it off, like, annoyed or something. No, she's not annoyed. She's just watching it. Like, oh, it's just my dad. It's, okay, it's when they come back and he, she looks at his message after the 20-year gap and she's like, I can't take this guy. Because he, he's just reciting this. Yeah, the she's, same she's, poem. she gets frustratedly, she gets frustrated and turns it off. Because he yeah. keeps saying, like, pre- kind of like preaching to her and then yeah. that poem that he says during takeoff, which is said a few times by him later on. Yeah, she cuts it off. Is Yeah, that's what happens. And so they start to approach the hole. Like I said, they shut down the spinning so they can get to it. And then approaching the black hole is really intense. Wormhole. I mean, I, I'm sorry, the yeah. wormhole. The black hole is through the wormhole. Yeah. And really intense sequence. You know, I think that what they pulled off filmmaking-wise was really unique and interesting. The sound design's excellent. The, the shaking of the ship, yeah. you know, you never really heard that before. The music by Hans is excellent mm-hmm. here. It's, like, very rhythmic and almost like a clock, which is very yeah. com- which is present throughout the entire film. And this also, is also when they're in the wormhole, the hand reaches out. Like, the, it looks like a fifth-dimensional hand reaches out and shakes Brand's hand. Don't touch it! Yeah. <laughs> what is that? First handshake. First handshake. <laughs> and I like. Little the... does she know that's fucking coop. <laughs> <laughs> I like the design of the interior of the wormhole. It's really cool. It's fascinating. I'm sure it was tried. They tried to get it tr- true to life and maybe accurate to science. And it's obviously 
heavy CGI for a Nolan film, but I think it looks great. It's heavy theorized of what yeah. it would look like. I mean, mm -hmm. no one knows what the inside of a wormhole actually would be like. But I so. thought it was very interesting. Yeah, that was really cool. And yeah. then they leave the wormhole. They've entered a new galaxy in a new solar system of new planets with a new star. But this solar system also has a massive black hole, Gargantua, inside of it mm -hmm. that we know about that some of the planets are very close to. And so they have a couple prospects of planets that they can uh, they can attend. They can go to two. So they can go. There's three planets that they can check out. The first planet is the water planet. Miller's planet. No, Miller's planet is is at the end. No, Miller's planet is the water planet. Okay, so Miller's planet. Is, okay. Yeah. So Brand is. Oh, it's not. It's the third one. Third. Is, Brand's in love with what's his name? The third. The third astronaut. Oh, right. Let me look that up. Interesting. Because Miller's planet is 100 percent the water. Yeah, you're, planet. you're right. Um. Last, <clears throat> Ed, something with an E. You're right, because then because she wants to go there. Edmonds. 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 So so, so and the the astronauts are trying to decide which planet do we go to. She wants to go to Edmonds, and Cooper's like, it's because you fucking love him. Yeah. Well, they have three. They have three planets yeah. and two that they can visit. So they can yeah. go to um the first planet is the water planet that they don't know is water yet, but it's it's Miller's planet, and she's been sending a thumbs up signal. So they're like, we should probably check this out because it's the closest one to us. But the problem with that planet is it's so close to Gargantua, the black hole, that there's going to be a massive time dilation, which they find out is every hour is seven years on Earth that they spend in the atmosphere of Edmund's planet. Then also of Miller's planet. I mean, of Miller's and planet. I, I believe Edmund's planet is so far that they won't have enough fuel to get back if they go to that. So that's like just a one-off if they go to Edmund's planet. Yeah, and then they I think also, that's the problem. But also Dr. Mann's planet is giving a thumbs up and it's closer so they can do Edmund's in Dr. Mann's planet and not Edmund's planet because Coop makes the... Hold on, say that again. They can go to Miller's in Dr. Mann's that's planet it, but yeah. not go to Edmund's planet because Coop just says, it sounds like a, like a broken record right there, says that we're not going there because... You just want to see go to Edmund's planet because you love him has nothing to do with his data or his research or the message he's sending, even though it is promising. That's the reason why you want to go. But then Brand goes off on a theory about but what if love is something that's connecting us? What if what if space is bigger than that? What what if love is more than just a feeling we have for one another. What if it's something? What if there's something bigger to it, and that's why and can transcend time and space. Basically, yeah. it's a beacon for me to get there. What if that is real? And that's the big theme of the film, ultimately, and we'll see more of that later on in the third act of the film. But Love. Cooper, being the the leader and the pilot, gets to decide, and he thinks Miller's planet, even though it's risky, by you're basically risking that time. It's worth it. Um, based upon, I think they're getting good readings about it. Yeah, they're getting, because the, there's water and stuff down there. And because the signal's still going, yeah. And also, he comes up with the plan that they're going to basically kind of do a slingshot around Gargantua to get into the atmosphere of Miller's planet quickly to save time, and then they get out. And so Romley will la wait on their ship, and then they'll take the other vessel, the other ship to get down there yeah. and come back as quickly as possible. They're like, we'll, to, be, we'll see you in 20 minutes, bro. To save time. And then obviously we have them going into Miller's planet and, cra and landing in the water. But Coop does it like a really fast landing to spend as little time as possible wasted by doing like a slow landing safely. I need to feel the air on my wings. <laughs> <laughs> I need to feel the air. And they get down there, and obviously... There's water everywhere, but then they eventually realize that Miller's been down there for just a couple minutes. That's the how intense the time dilation is. She had just crashed, and that's why her readings were coming out as positive, is she just sent that data before she got hit by one of the massive tidal waves. So she landed, 
and then there's a giant crash from one of the immense gravitational pull tidal waves that came and killed her. And obviously her first readings were like, hey, come down here. There's water. She didn't realize that there were 500-foot waves coming for her. She probably thought there were mountains just like them because this planet is so, cl- this planet is so close to Gargantua, the gravitational pull causes these waves. It's crazy scene. It's one of the highlights of the film for sure. And they, I mean, it's the practical filmmaking. They really had the ship there. They went to a coastline where the water was like knee high so they could film a majority of the scene with real water there. I think it looks fantastic. And I, I think that even the tar robot, the way it moves. Tars. Tars. The way it ro- moves and it can change and contort its body into different shapes for different uses. I think it's fantastic, and it was obviously puppeteered with a little CGI. Don't say puppeteered, people. Like, Sorry, it's the wrong term to use. Just say like it was man controlled, basically. Controlled. Okay, yeah. Because um, I remember we said that, and someone was offended by it. a pup, like a person who does that for a living. Okay, explain that that's the wrong term to use. All right, not puppeteer, controlled. Yeah, they're they're yeah. operate the operator perform. Yeah, yeah. An operator. Okay, gotcha. Thanks for thanks for the heads up. Yeah, because I think the guy who actually did Tars was like sent that video mm-hmm. and replied to it. The guy who did it? Yeah. The actor? Yeah. No way. Well, the stunt operator uh-huh. who did TARS. Well, the guy who voiced TARS also operated it. Yeah, so it was probably yeah. that guy. Did he complain to us? No, I don't think he complained, but someone else complained to it, and like other people who do stuff like that. Oh, Just sorry, like say stunt, stunt operator. Sorry, everyone. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyways. There's really a guy operating yeah. TARS. Yeah, but is the practicality, even this when he goes to rescue Brand... And bring her back. Like, I love it, the contortion, how it, like, turns into, like, a kind of, like, a rotating device to be able to get across the water quickly. I thought it was just fantastic. And the strength of the scene is helped by the practicality of the filmmaking. And the music. It's one of the best tracks on the entire album. It's one of the most high-energy scenes of the film. And, you know, Bran needs the data more than anything. She wants to get the data, and she's willing to risk her life blindly to go after it. That's where Tar saves her. Then, uh, unfortunately for Doyle, he dies. He was just chilling. I would have been on that ship. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I would have been there. Yo, Brand got Doyle killed. Yeah, okay, what anyone killed, says. Yeah. Doyle could have survived that. Yeah. And then they get into the ship just in time. They try to take off, but they don't have enough time, and the ship gets soaked by that wave. So they have enough time, or they didn't have enough time? They didn't have enough time to escape the wave. Gotcha. What did I say? You said they got in just in time, but they didn't have time. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, got in ju- they got in just in time to not get swept up by the wave themselves but the ship but the ship did they didn't have time to fly off but, yeah so but he rides the sh- the wave like a like a boat yeah. down and unfortunately their systems get flooded and they have to wait another few minutes for it to be able to fire for the engines to take off and they're losing years by this time i believe it's more than a few minutes i think that tars says it's like an hour well they're down there for two hours basically yeah, so i think it takes them an over an hour for it to dry off but again it's movie it's a movie we can't yeah, sit down yeah, there yeah. for an hour for the film that's why a lot of people are like how is it 14 years if they're only down there for like five minutes it's a film yeah. Yeah, you know, so obviously yeah. speed it up. So it do, it did take a long time for the ship to dry off, which is so. By the time they did escape, they get back to the ship, and Romley has aged twenty years. He's it's all, been twenty, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gray. He's looks like he's like barely kept his sanity. He also reveals that he went under to sleep for a long time. I think he slept for like over a decade. Why didn't you sleep? I've had a couple big stretches. That's what he says. Yeah, he said he didn't he didn't see the point in like sleeping his life away. Yeah. And so he's spent the, all the time on the ship trying to learn everything he can about the black hole. Exactly. That's a tough life, man. And then we get to the doozy, the big scene. Well, uh, and there's, oh yeah, there's a little, yeah, so. They go right to the videos. They go right to the videos, basically, because Coop 
you know, he lost 20 years with his kids. And we have the flash, we have the uh, video fit, footage from Casey Affleck, who's taken over the role of his son, uh, Tom, and how he's had a kid. His one of his his kid had died. Then he had another son, and also Grandpa died. He's uh, Donald is dead, and then at the end of the video me- message, we have Murph sending her message to Coop. Really emotional, really intense. She seems like a very villainous character. It's really well done and so well acted by Jessica Chastain, while Coop is bawling his eyes out. Because of all, all the time he's lost with his, from his children, because that perspective for him, it's just been really just who knows, like maybe a month for him from his perspective, even mm-hmm. though he's asleep for a very long time. Yeah, like waking him, a just, waking it's, month. It's really yeah. just been days for yeah. him, his consciousness for mm-hmm. his family. It's been twenty years, and then the scene brilliantly cuts to the perspective of Murph on Earth. Yes, it's a great cut and transition into the adult version of these characters. And then we learn that she's working with Dr. Brand. She herself is a brilliant physicist and scientist, and she's helping try and solve the gravity equation with Brand, who, is spe- who has spent the last 20 years trying to solve the equation. Who's also solve, aged. Solve he's, the equation. He's very aged, and mm-hmm. he's not himself. He seems kind of not hysterical, but he seems off. You know, he's, he's, approach- he's still working on this problem that she's, you know, determined they'll figure it out we're gonna figure this out we're gonna solve the problem of gravity but he seems to be putting up walls or or hindering their progress which she's kind of got getting feelings about we also then get to have her situation so so we're on murph right now oh yeah she also mm-hmm. goes to see her brother right she goes to the farm to the farm not yet that's during the climax no she goes hmm when she goes to the farm, it's with Topher Grace, I thought, to burn the crops. They only go there once? No, she goes there for dinner. Uh-huh. Then they come back another day. Okay. So she goes for dinner, and... We learned that his son has asthma, and... She, yeah. He has a bad cough, yeah. and that she says, I have a friend that can look at that. Yeah, so oh, I yes, have a friend who right. can look yeah, at that for yeah. you, and they know not to bring that up. You know, Tom's wife is like, oh, we shouldn't really be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married to Casey Affleck. <laughs> My husband's a psycho! <laughs> uh, Tom is determined to pass Stubbornly. On. He's very stubborn. Yeah. He doesn't want science to be involved with his son's health, even though, you know, he's probably, because he's already lost a son to mm-hmm. the world that they're living in, he's stubbornly defiant against and and is in denial about of what's happening because he knows his son's dead it's actually a really complex he's lost hope he knows his kid's gonna die he's trying to ignore it basically he's He's completely lost hope and they talk about how a farm nearby burnt down their their crops are being burned because the farm's dead and and some of the corn some of the corn's already starting to die yeah and yeah so that's Murph, and then going. But it's it's back, all a metaphor for it's showcasing the desperation humanity's under now. Yes, where people are either dying from health or they can't even grow crops anymore. Exactly. So we're still on Murph, and she. After this scene, what happens? I think we go back to the ship. Do we go back to the ship? Because that sounds right. They go back to the ship, and they make a new plan to go to um, man's planet. The next Doctor Man's, Doctor planet, Man's because planet thumbs up and the readings are great. Yeah, the readings are fantastic. The phenomenal. Doctor Man would never lie. <laughs> He's the best of us. And then yeah, I think they, I think we just go straight to that mission to the next mission. Yeah, that sounds about right. Seems right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're right. So so they fly over there. 
Yeah. And they <laughs> just quick flyby. <laughs> then we learn it's like a ice covered planet. Even the ice in the skies. Yeah, ice in the skies. Very like frozen clouds. That's what it is. Frozen clouds. They even like bump into one. And it's great because as soon as they get in that atmosphere, and even when you're watching as the audience, you're like, this can't be happening. Something's not right. You can't live here. Mm-hmm. Humans can't live in this planet. Mm-hmm. And then they get to Dr. Man's base camp and they found that he's in a hypersleep and they wake him up. And bum bum bum! It's Matt, Matt Damon! fucking Damon! Holy shit! In the theaters, I lost my shit, man. Every the whole theater just started like <gasps> you could hear just like oh my god, is that, is that Damon? there were a lot of gas. Yeah, I gasped too. Same. I was I was shocked. Nobody knew. They Nobody did such knew. a great job leaving him out of the marketing, leaving him out of the credits and everything about the film, the trailers, mm-hmm. just hiding who Doctor Man is, even in the conference room at NASA, not showing the photo that Brent's talking next to as she's yeah. talking about Doctor Man. And my goodness, what a performance Matt gives in this film! I love when he plays antagonist; it almost never happens. In uh, I think the the initial reaction of Man is a perfect tell for who he is as a character because he starts weeping. You you didn't really expect that because you were told he's like so brave and the best of us and like the best astronaut ever. And the first thing he does when he sees other people is he he breaks down and starts crying. I think that's a sign to show his weakness and his fear of death immediately. Yeah, and Coop even is taken aback and he comforts him as well. He's like, relax, bro. And then he's, <laughs> he's drinking coffee or cocoa. He's like, uh, pray that you never know the feeling of how good it is to see another face. Yeah. Something yeah, yeah. like that. No, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. He yeah. said that he, the last time he went to sleep, he didn't set, set a wake-up time. He learned as much as he could from the planet, sent his data up, the thumbs up, and he just went to sleep because he didn't think he'd ever be woken up. Yeah, and casting Matt was a great choice because he has that uh, natural charisma and nat- natural charm, but also like a trustworthy nature to him. And I think just as a as an essence as a human being. And so he really showcases that in... Everybody trusts him, plus all the talk and build up about man's character. I think everybody believed him immediately. Yeah, and the audience as well, too. Yeah. And he starts to tell them about the readings that he's gotten and from the research he's learned is that, you know, it's a cold, dark planet, but there is hope for life. You know, he said he found breathable um, qualities down at the surface of the water where humans can live. And he's like, this is our this is going to be our new home. We hope it's going to be our new home. He's just fucking lying. He's so excited. Yeah, he's so good. And so basically and then also at the same time, cross cutting back on Earth, Mm. Don, I mean, Dr. Brand is on his deathbed dying and Murph goes to the hospital and we learn from uh, Dr. Brand as he's dying. He confesses to Murph that there was never a plan A Plan B was really always the plan. They were never going to try to get people off Earth. The gravitational formula was solved years ago. He'd already figured it out. But Plan B was really it. And so this leads to Murph thinking that her father knew all of this. And even as he's dying, she's like, did my father know? Did he know? Tell me. Tell me, you motherfucker. Did my dad abandon me? (laughs) Because now she thinks that Coop abandoned her as a child to save himself, basically, to leave the planet. He knew everything was a lie. It was all fake. And And, and also, it's like a confirmation that the Earth's going to die. And yeah, yeah, and she sends the video message to Brand that your father's die, father has died, and also she couldn't help herself. Ends the message with, "Did you know? Did you know that this has all been a lie?" Mm-hmm. And then they all kind of hear the message, except Cooper doesn't hear it, does he? No, they're he's all with the, man. They're all there. Uh-huh. Even then, man says, "I knew." Yeah, we all knew this is the plan. 
Like we, we, this is the only way that we could have gotten people to go through the wormhole to do the Lazarus missions. To You're think right, because he's like, would you have, would you have gone if you didn't know? Exactly. Yeah. So they're if you, all. You would you have gone if you had known the truth? Yeah. They all heard the message. Yeah. And then they're like, whatever. Now Coop's goal is to. I don't care that the Earth is dying. I have to get back to my daughter. Mm -hmm. I have to get back to my kids. I have to get back to Earth. So we'll do this thing. We'll we'll help you figure out and get back to a, a planet to get to a spaceship and set. We can. I'll help you set up this colony. Yeah. So I'll go with you, yes, man, yes. down to the surface. We'll we'll mm -hmm. scope it out. But then I'm out of here. I'm taking the ship and I'm going back to Earth. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Thank you for clearing that up. You're you're on it, man. Yeah, man. You're I'm, on it. I feel like I've seen this movie more than you. I think so too. Uh, I not that I don't. No, not that. I mean, yeah. I feel like when you said you've seen it eight times, I feel like I've seen it like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't seen it in a while. It has been a while. But it's coming back yeah. like so much. Yeah, I just I for, there's a couple little specifics that I I forgot. Like that's when I forgot. I got you. Look man. at you. Like your chin is up. Look at you. Got you. Got you. You're, <laughs> you're like a peacock. Like a proud peacock. <laughs> it's so strut, strutting. <laughs> Look at my. That's Right, look I've at seen my Interstellar fifteen times. Look at my feathers. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, man and man leads Cooper down to apparently going to the surface area, while Romley and um, Brand stay back at the campsite. Exactly, yeah. And also, there's a Tars robot that's been destroyed that Romley offers to fix. Yeah. And Man's like, ah, oh, if you want, it needs a, it needs a human's touch. Good, yeah. no Tars offers to do it. Yeah. And then Man says, no, it needs a human's touch because he knows that. Tars will be able to get it functioning ASAP. Exactly, exactly. And, and then he needs to blow up a human. Yeah, and this is where <clears throat> this is where man reveals to Cooper that some, he's something's off about him. The way he's talking about things, the way he's talking about like life and survival, and then he starts talking about how when someone's desperate, what they'll do to survive, and like what would you do to, to save your children? And then he pushes Coop down that cliffside and attempts to kill him. It's a great, great twist in the film. Yeah, and then they fight, and Man starts to tussle with him on the ground, tackles him, and he starts to crash his helmet into Coop's helmet. And he's like, and I love how Coop's like, you can, you can risk, it's 50-50 shot that you break your own helmet. The man's like, that's the best odds I've had in years. And he keeps Damn. smashing the helmet because he doesn't, this is like his one shot to get out of here yeah. because Fuck he, it. he wants to steal their ship that's in orbit. Yeah. That's his goal. And get off. Is to get off this planet and go back to Earth. Well, he no, 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 he doesn't want to go back to Earth. Oh, he wants, he to, wants to go to Edmund's planet yeah. to finish the mission and be the savior of humanity. Exactly. That he wants all the glory. And he he wants to be like the he wants to finish his mission. Yes, and so while, and also a great thing he says is I never he's like you know what when we went on our missions I never once thought that I would be on the wrong planet that I wouldn't be the one that, yeah that I wouldn't yeah so he never even thought the idea of like what if I land on the wrong planet he never even considered that yeah so he's highly arrogant yeah. as intelligent as heroic as he is he's a super arrogant person. I never would have thought I would have been the one to not be picked, basically, yeah. but for the future of humanity. That's mm -hmm. a great point. And they have their fight. He throws his, his comms away. And then man's basically... This is also with Hans Zimmer's oh, amazing yeah. score going on in the background. And he's walking away from him. He's like, I'll, I'm here with you. I'm listening. Do you see your children? Do you see your children now? <laughs> I thought I could watch, but I can't. I I'm can't. Sorry. I, I thought I could. I thought I could. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cooper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to go on. <laughs> I need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so fortunately, Cooper manages to get his comms in, that are, are from a distance. He starts feeding uh, his messaging to Tars. Brand and Tars. Yeah. And Romley's inside the camp. Tars and... Brand are outside the camp. They're trying to be like, what's, where's Coop? What's going on with him? And then Romley, as he starts 
turning on the other robot inside the camp hits a function and then obviously this was a bomb planted by man to for whoever was going to find it to blow up and kill Romley yeah. and it kills Romley. Yeah, and then Brand Brand and Tars rescue Coop in the smaller ship and then they all they also realize that man uh, took over the main spaceship and flew out and began flying out of the atmosphere. Yeah, so he also took a, his ship and flew to their ship in the in station. Space. Yeah, so it's not. So the, it's, it's, it's called like, the Voyager. I think? Yeah, the Voyager is the big circular one that rotates. That's the big ship, and so that's it's basically like a race to get to it first. And then man's way ahead of them. They pick up Cooper and then the endurance. Like, the endurance. Sorry, thank you. And then, and then it's basically we got to get there before man does. But unfortunately, man already reaches the endurance. However, this is this is a great sequence where he tries to lock in his ship into the endurance, but since he doesn't have the automatic codes, it doesn't work. He has, he tries to manually do it, doesn't lock on. It's like what's it called, like malfunction lock or something, or imperfect, imperfect, imperfect lock. lock. Yeah, imperfect, imperfect name lock. Of the, name of the song. Imperfect lock. So it goes imperfect lock, then, then uh, no time for caution. So while they're in space, they're watching man try to lock onto the endurance. They're talking to him over the loudspeaker, and they're like, "Don't lock! Don't open the airlock because it will the, sh- the pressure will explode the ship." Basically, and man's basically saying like, "We can talk about this, but I'm gonna be I'm taking control of the endurance. We can you know come to an agreement of you coming back onto this ship and, and continuing the mission with us, but we're not going back to Earth, and I'm taking control of the endurance." And then. Obviously, Coop and Brand know it's going to happen. He keeps trying to imperfectly lock, and even though he's imperfectly locked, he's going to try to open up the hatch and enter the endurance. And as he's trying to give that speech, Coop's like, "Oh shit, he's going to pop this lid." He starts to reverse quickly, and then Man says that says that line. Um, there comes a time. There comes a moment. Boom. Boom. Something like that, right? Yeah. yeah he's like, "There's there, a moment. Ev- there's a moment." <laughs> But genius, brilliantly, there's no sound in space, so we don't hear yeah. the explosion, which is awesome. And then this is actually probably the the most the scariest part of the film because you think that the ship is completely damaged and that there's no hope, and we think that there's going to be no hope for saving anybody. But then we quickly learn that the endurance as a whole is okay. It's just that section of the ship got completely damaged and blown off. And Coop is such a badass. This is, I think it's still my favorite scene in cinema history where we have the docking sequence where Coop tells Tars to analyze the Endurance's spin, and he starts flying towards it, and Bran's like, what are you doing? He's like, docking. But she's trying to say that's impossible, and he's and she's like, and Tars says it's impossible. He says, no, it's necessary. And dun, such an incredible sequence of dun, Coop, dun, match, Coop matching the spin dun, to dock dun, onto the Endurance. The filmmaking dun, is dun, exceptional. Dun, <laughs> The, enti- the, <laughs> the future of humanity is on the line. Coop has the dog. He's spinning and rotating. Brand goes unconscious. Tars is, Tars is trying to perfectly lock onto the endurance. Come on, Tars! Come on, Tars! Tars locks perfectly. The endurance spins. <laughs> Come on, Tars! <laughs> it's hilarious. It's not possible. It's, n- it's necessary. No, it's necessary. <laughs> I fucking love that scene, man. Um, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about yeah, it. You got all flushed and excited. You turned red. 
<laughs> you actually did a pretty good job with the music that time. Thanks. You did a great job with the narration. <laughs> Come on, Tars. <laughs> oh man, I love that. It's a great fucking seed. Holy shit. <laughs> and then also, he's. I remember my mind blown. When he I saw has to that. then pull it out of orbit of yeah. the planet at the same time after mm-hmm. he gets locked onto and stops the spinning. Then yeah. he has to thrust it out of atmosphere orbit. And so then his plan is he's going right for the fucking black hole. <laughs> like, let's fucking go. Well, hold on. first they assess the damage and Bran real, uh, lets them know that the embryos are secure and they're safe. Yeah. That didn't get destroyed. What so about the dino embryos? Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, Newman's in the spaceship. <laughs> is it the Triceratops embryo okay? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by our great friends at MoviePosters.com, the number one spot to get your posters online today. Head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our promo code Raiders10, you know it, Raiders10, to get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable. They have all of the Nolan movies, so if you want to get yourself an interstellar poster, MoviePosters.com is the best place to do that. They also do amazing free poster giveaways for our fans exclusively. Again, head on over to MoviePosters.com for all of your poster needs and be sure to use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. So now they have to figure out a new plan. Like, what do we do? And Coop comes up with the plan that we're going to get you to... We're going to get to Edmund's planet, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to go and fly among the uh, along the black hole's surface to get basically extra thrust. We're going to lose some weight, and then we're going to kind of slingshot around the black hole because they are very low on fuel exactly they don't have enough fuel they're going to use the gravitational pull of gargantua to send a slingshot the the ship slingshot to edmund's planet exactly and then so that uh brand's like yeah it's a good plan let's do it (laughs) (laughs) so they go to do it also let's get back to earth Uh, because aren't we back at earth for a little bit because this This is when when the so murph goes goes back to the house with topher grace yeah to save the kid to save her nephew check his cough yeah she starts and then um they then well he's like we have Tom's to get, like, we have to get him yeah. out of here immediately he can't, Tom's he like get the fuck out of here he needs to go to a hospital so then Murph and Topher Grace go through the cornfields and they start lighting it on fire to no just... well they see that the brother's coming yeah no the brother he comes home yeah and he tells them to get out of here yeah yeah, yeah. and then in the cornfield she, she so he comes then they so, start yeah yeah and then, and then they, st- they start lighting the cornfield yeah well I said Tom kicked them out. Did you say that he came home? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, so Tim, Tom came so home. He was like, get the fuck out. And then, and so then they went to the cornfield and started lighting fires. Get out of my house and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty good. That's exactly how he says it. <laughs> and then that's a way of distracting Tom to get out of the house to see what's going on with the fire. Meanwhile, Murph, go, Murph and Topher go back to the house. And then this is cross-cut with... Also, that, his yeah. son has some of Murph's things in a box that he's like, yeah. you can take these home if you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then Murph goes to her bedroom, and this is going to be where she finds the watch. Exactly. The yeah. fire for the distraction. She's she's trying to figure things out, what's, yeah. what's happening, and she goes back to her room to find answers. Tracing basically. back the steps of, remember, the stage, there's something the about code, the bookshelf. There's something about the gravitational yeah. pull that, what if it's still here, what's going on? Yeah, and then she's like looking around the bookshelf especially. And then while this is happening, this is when uh, the, the the spaceship is approaching the black hole. They drive, they fly along the edge of the black hole. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> cruising. They're cruising. They're doing like 90. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, right before they initiate the slingshot, um, Cooper... 
separates himself from the spaceship. Well, and- the, well, the, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but first TARS gets dropped. Yeah. Tar- so yeah. the plan is to drop TARS in one of the ships for data. For for and to leave, yeah, for data, for he, data. he can fall through the black hole and get data, but also they have to lose weight. Yeah, and then, like you said, I'm you, sorry. So to lose weight, and then Tars is like, I'll just get you guys some data while I'm down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cooper surprise is brand by saying, um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> he also Happy sep- birthday. <laughs> he also separates from the endurance so that she can go off on her own to the endurance to Edmund's planet. And then Cooper is going to go right into the black hole, baby. What's it? The law of relativity? Yeah, relativity. You have, you, uh, you have to leave something behind, basically? Yeah, always leave something. You always have to leave something behind. Yeah. And so he sacrifices himself to go into the black hole. Exactly. So that brand can go on to Edmund's planet. Exactly. And then we have the uh, fantastic sequence of, of Cooper going through the black hole and experiencing all these different instances and physicality and things tearing his ship apart. Incredible filmmaking and really dynamic and different from what I was expecting. Um, so much practical, too. Yeah, a lot of practical stuff. Because you were expecting it to be like, is it going to be fucking crazy and trippy like 2001? Or wild, like, contact when she goes through her black hole, th- through that wormhole. But I li- I really like Nolan's approach to it. And it just felt, like, very cool and very realistic and true to maybe what it would be like. Yeah, possibly. And then... Because real science was used and developed yeah, in this film. But, in the black yeah, hole, yeah. what it actually looked like, looks like they predicted that before they got that first image they uh, got a it right. years ago. They got it right. And then the ship gets thrashed to pieces, so he has to emergency exit. He uh, So he shoots out of the ship, and then he's just basically free-falling through this empty space, and then he... Uh, uh, then we hear this, uh, this cool... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is that you shiver? <laughs> that we do we do get a we do get a call back to 2001 where here we hear this disturbing choir work in the music slowly building and then then he starts falling through the giant tesseract and it's <laughs> yeah crazy it's percussion scary. it's like horror it's like a horror movie yeah it's just this crazy three-dimensional construct of what we think is just like these just strange imagery and uh the stretched like stretched mass and he's falling and falling and falling until he finally stops falling he finds himself basically in the center of the Tesseract. He grabs a hold of something, yeah. and he's freaking the fuck out like anyone would be like, where the hell am I? Are these aliens? What is this? Even though they'd been talking about these dimensional beings, obviously earlier, they were talking about it on specifically on Miller's planet where Coop's like, can't we just – these beings, can't we use them to get time back? Can't we get some time back? Yeah, She's yeah. like, that's not how time works. Time – uh, it travels forwards. It's linear. It's, it doesn't go it's backwards. Relative. You can travel through it, but it doesn't ever reverse yeah. itself. And for them, uh, going through time is like would be the same thing as walking through a cliff or something like that. It's like entering a cavern. It's so easy. Yeah, for, for them. fourth dimensional beings, it's like time is like a physical construct to them. And so th- they know that there are some other beings, some other fifth dimensional beings, and I'm sure Coop can only assume that what this is created, and he starts to realize that. This tesseract is all looking inside Coop's bedroom from her bookshelf. It was made for him. It's made for him. Yeah. He thinks, then he realizes that it was made for her. It's, right, it's yeah, for yeah, Murph. Yeah, yeah. And he gets uh, readings of of Tars, and Tars is stuck in there as well. And eventually Coop is freaking out, and we have the emotional reimagining and revisiting of the stay scene that he has where he's the ghost. He was the one that's, that was sending coordinates. He, he sent the NASA coordinates in binary yeah. of for gravity for them to find as well as he's the one that told himself to stay in the bedroom the day he was leaving Murph. It, it, stay! Yeah, yeah. Stay! Yeah, and doing it also in the past, in Murph's past, because... 
we see all these the different versions of Murph in the room. And so every time before the the start of the film, she was experiencing these things with the bookshelf. And so it was always Coop in those other instances as well. And Coop and Tars are trying to figure out what's going on. And Coop realizes that they didn't choose me. They chose her. This entire thing was built for Murph. She's going to save humanity. This is why they've sent me here is to send the data from the black hole, which were the missing pieces to the gravitational equation that would be able to be used to save humanity from Earth to get them off the planet. And the quantum data is what Coop then asks from Tars. He uses love to find the exact location and the correct spot to find the watch on the bookshelf to send the the he sends data, the binary code through sends, the watch. Sends, yeah. He sends the, the data via Morse code yeah, on the watch on the hand. Watch, yeah. And Tars is like, how do you know she'll come back for the watch? And he's like, because I gave it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's also he, he carries out the bookshelf gravity thing when she's there as an adult simultaneously at the same time. And this is where he... This, he Nick, takes the entire shelf and like manages to, manages to put a shelf like dozens of books to get that code. And she, as an adult, sees this happen right away. Yeah, we're cross-cutting real with her time. inside the bedroom. Basically in real time. She's like looking around the room trying to figure something out. And then she sees the watch hand on the watch yeah. moving. And she realizes that it's fucking my dad. <laughs> it's my fucking it's dad. It's my fucking dad. Holy crap. Yeah. Coop is sending the quantum data. And then she runs out to Tom. She's like, I got it. It's, 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 it's great. Gonna save us, <laughs> and Tom's still like, I don't give a fuck. Get out, get out of my house. Get out and never come back. <laughs> and we have, and then the tesseract closes on itself. Yeah, the tesseract closes after Coop's done his mission for the fifth dimensional beings. Again, mission this, complete. The tesseract was created, was constructed by the fifth dimensional beings for Coop to be able to interact in their dimension and send yeah. the coordinates in the data through gra- through gravity through time. Exactly. And then he wakes up just floating in space outside of, what is it, Saturn? Saturn in the Saturn, distant future. Yeah, the distant future. Like probably like 50, 50 years, years later 50 or something like that. Because he's like, you're the ripe age of like 112 or yeah, something, something like, like, that. like that. And then we learn that Humanity is now living on this. Well, before that, Murph figures yeah. out the, the yeah, equation. Yeah, and she throws the... Eureka! 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 She and solves and the And then problem. she kisses Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher's yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we. I love when Coop is exits the Tesseract and he's just... We have the, the high strings orchestra playing of him in the, in the void of space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really terrific. Like you said, he gets picked up by future humans taken to Cooper Space Station... Cooper Station. Cooper Station. Uh, oh, you named it see. after me? <laughs> you didn't have to name it after me. What an idiot. Uh, not our, named after you. <laughs> Let me see what the space station, what year this is. I think it's like 2060. No, no, it's like almost, it's 2100 or something like that. It must be. What year is it at the end of the movie? 2057. 2057. So that's where the... No, so 2057 is the year that the movie yeah, starts. Yeah, it's got to be 2100. And then it's 51 years later. Yeah. 2109 or something. Something like that. Yeah, 2106. 2106, yeah. No, 2108. 2108. 2108, I believe, is the year that Coop is discovered. Outside Saturn is brought in in... Giant space station. Baseball, fake fake neighborhood. Basically, humanity is trying to recreate what they had on Earth. And, you know, they have the farmhouse built and... 
They're like, your mother told us how much you loved farming. You told them I love farming. <laughs> <laughs> and Coop, you know, he he turns uh, Tars back on. And well, first he ha- uh, we're first the visit with his mother, with his daughter. No, it's later. It's not. It's later. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're so right, yeah. he because she's not there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She's coming. She's yeah. not there yet. She's been in sleep. She's been in cryo sleep for a while. Mm-hmm. Whatever they call it. And they have like that kid who wrote the high school paper on him, who like works for NASA now. He's mm-hmm. like showing him around. I did a project on you when I was in high school. Goes to the farmhouse. Your mother said you were such a b- big fan of farming. Here's this old robot that we found near yeah. you. Yeah. And Coop uh, asked, and this, he's going to stay at the farmhouse, which is an exact replica of his home. He also sees some fighter je- or some spaceships as well. And he's talking to Tars, drinking a beer. He's like, I don't, I don't like what we're doing here. How we're like pretending like we're back home, mm-hmm. back on Earth. And we should be still pushing the boundaries and exploring more. And, and that's what we're meant to do. And then the next day is when Coop, Coop, yeah. uh, Coop's daughter Murph comes. Murphy Cooper, who the station's named after, comes to visit. She's on her deathbed, basically. Probably been waiting, probably been put to sleep waiting for the day that Coop shows up. Yeah, and probably instructed that if he arrives, wake me up and that's I'll go say goodbye to him. And so she gets to say goodbye to him. This is a really emotional oh there's no scene like it in cinema history yeah. i don't think nothing like it i, I can't think of well, this, this scene and also the video message scene they were yeah. first this is such i don't want to necessarily say it's a first it could have been done before i just don't know when maybe yeah. i don't want to just automatically where, say that. where a person where a father visits his now old child yeah yeah i can't think, I can't of, think of something and maybe it's happened before but it's so fascinating and interesting, and you can see how happy Murph is, how much she's forgiven her you father. You are my ghost. Like it, she understands everything completely and isn't mad at him anymore, and so yeah. happy to spend her final day with Murph. And you told him all I farmed. <laughs> <laughs> it's really touching, and she tells him it's fine. You can go. I have my family here with me, and 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 she's he's like, where should I go? And she's like, Miller. Brand. 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 Sorry. She's Brand. out there. Brand. She's out there. Go find him. And with Tars, he steals a spaceship, which is awesome. And then the music's going. Yeah. And then sets off. And then we cut to Brand, who who knows how long she's been on Edmund's planet. Probably not that long because there's maybe a little time dilation. We don't know. She made like a tiny base camp so yeah. far. Yeah. And she's, she's not been there long. She's buried Edmunds and the atmosphere is breathable. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you Her said helmet that. is yeah. off. And we have. What you can assume is your own story going forward. Will he's totally gonna find her? He's totally gonna find yeah, her, and totally they're gonna, gonna start a new colony of humanity on this other planet. Yeah, which I'm assuming has massive time dilation. It's possible. Yeah, it, it'll probably be a civilization that will never contact the other civilization of humanity ever again. Ever, maybe, never, maybe, maybe not. Never, never, Who ever. Who knows? Never. But ever. I mean, because she's still young, and so for Coop to get back there, he needs to go through the wormhole again, right? No, it's in the same. Um, Solar system, as the, where they are now. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. no. Yeah. They have he's to go, back on. He's back yeah, in our solar he's system. He's back in right. the solar system. You're the right. Milky Way galaxy solar system. He has to go back through the wormhole. Yeah. So he has to go back through the wormhole and then go to the planet from there. Well, the Milky Way is the galaxy. Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. But our solar system is just a little tiny sand. Grain what, of do sand. we have our? Does our solar system have a name? The solar system. I guess so. Yeah. 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 But like, what are? We don't have a specific name for ours. I think it's just called the. Is there a name? I mean, to differentiate from other solar systems, like an instance like this. Name of our name of our solar system. Let's see. I don't think there's a name. Is there? No, it's just, just solar, the solar just, system. Yeah, yeah. It's just the solar system is the, the name. The solar the system. solar system. <laughs> Drop the the. 
It's cleaner. <laughs> Sol- solar system. I'm, Drop the thumb. I'm, C- I'm CEO, bitch. <laughs> Just solar system. Sick reference, bro. <laughs> References are out of control. Everybody knows it. Social network. Um, and then the movie ends. And it's incredible. I think we did a really good job. I think we do. I think it was fucking accurate as I hell. I think we nailed the fuck accurate. out of that. Air, Air 5. Air 5, man. <laughs> Let us know what we missed out on or what we got wrong. I can't think of anything that we missed, really. Like, did we, did we leave anything out? I don't think so. Honestly, I think we got fucking beat for beat almost. Wow, that's pretty good. It took two people though. Like, it would it would it would have been hard. But also, like, I would not want to touch prestige with like doing this with prestige. Prestige is, would be really that tough. Would be difficult. So I haven't seen that since we covered it. Just the time jumps are so so common yeah. and constant. That it's one's difficult. all over the place. Yeah. That's why I want to start with a linear one. It's a great idea. I think this was. I think we. Uh, I think we got it completely. Like almost. I'm trying to think if we missed any scenes. Uh, yeah, let us know in the comments or just DM us. Didn't even need the it. notebook or the screenplay. Yeah, you wow, did, you did fine, man. Wow, you did fine. I was, I was honestly a little worried before we started. I was like, how I wasn't. I was like, how's this gonna come out? No, no, Are we no. gonna be a, do a good job here or what? I think we did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I don't think we missed any scenes. Nothing. Like Nothing. young Coop, young. I mean, young Murph. Mm-hmm. Got all got our it. old Murph scenes. Got it, man. We got it. Having coffee with do- do- like Dr. Brand's like the only thing we didn't like specifically say that I can think of, but we said that she was working with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we pretty we much nailed it. it. We got it. Nice job. Wow. I think it was fun. I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was, it was, that was a blast. Yeah. That was an hour and like 15 minutes too. Yeah. That was a good time. It was. It was. I think, <laughs> was we, should, super, I think we should do another one. That was super funny. All right, what should, should we do next? Another Nolan movie? <laughs> no, we gotta do a different kind of director. Like, we'll, we'll think of something. We could do like The Matrix. The Matrix would be a really good one. Yeah, let's do the Matrix. The Matrix, Matrix would be, be fun. fun. I haven't seen it in since we saw it in IMAX last year for that IMAX same, release. Same. So that might be a good one to do. Yeah, it was great seeing that in theaters. And we're gonna we actually got tickets for Return of the King next month. Oh fuck yeah, April thirteenth, Return of the King. It's gonna be insane. Extended editions, four hours and thirteen minutes. Oh man, I can't wait. Hell I can't yeah, wait. hell yeah. All right, well thanks everyone for tuning in to Movies from Memory on Raiders of the Lost podcast <laughs> with Interstellar. I think we did a pretty good job. Let us know how much you enjoyed this episode. If you really liked it, send us a DM or whatever, and we'll do more of these because I thought it was a blast. Yeah, I had a great time. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's the very best way to support our show. The tiers are a minimum of $2 to sign up, and you get access to our bonus episode every week as well as the weekly chat, which is exclusively on Patreon now. $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100 are all the tiers we have for Patreon. Each one comes with a bunch of awesome perks in addition to all the bonus episodes you all have access to. Plus, $10 gets you access to our Discord. $25 tier, you get a custom episode. You pick the topic, we do it for you. That $100 tier is the ultimate perk. You also get a watch party. You get to come on the show after three months. All sorts of perks. There are even more. So check out patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. It is the best way to support us, and we appreciate all of our patrons so, so much. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Becca Keen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy-Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian, Tyler McFly, and Sal Koching. Our Chosen One patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.